good morning. We are excited to have you join us here um, at the Upper Room Worship Center Cafe Church. And if you live close to us, we would love to have you come and visit us. Um, our Sunday morning starts at 10.30, and then we have worship, and then we have worship after the message. So we would love to have you come. Uh, also, if you have any prayer requests, let us know, and we will pray for you. We do have some uh, men and women that do gather together once a week, and we do have prayer time. So, in March, I had received a word from the Lord that I really felt the Lord wanted me to share again. This is straight from Him. This is what He said. He said, you have seen a breakout of the spirit of fear, but you will see faith arise in my children that will cause the enemy to flee. I will break through and you will see my mighty hand upon this nation. The enemy thinks he has won, but I say to you, I am the victor. I have already won the victory. Tell my children to continue to pray and they will see my hand move mightily. Get ready for the harvest. This is the church's finest hour. Church, wake up. Do not slumber. It's time to arise, for I am shining my light upon this disease, and soon you will see the darkness leave. I am calling my children to repent of not following me but following their own plans. I'm calling my church to be warriors against the enemy and not fight each other. I am calling my church to be a true beacon of light in the midst of this darkness. I say to my church, rise up, rise up, rise up. And he is calling us to rise up. So, these are some challenges to think about. Even if your plans aren't working out, will you serve God and seek His plans? See, we all have our own plans, don't we? We all do. But are you more interested in your plan, or are you more interested in His plan? And are you fighting each other, or are you fighting the enemy? That's something to think about. Are we fighting each other? We're seeing a lot of people fighting each other, aren't we? What if God's plan is greater than you could ever think or imagine, even though the situation doesn't look like it's ever going to change? In this pandemic, does it look like it's going to change? Right now? No. But is it going to? Yes, it will. It will change. God is faithful. He is merciful. And he will show up and show up. We've all heard the statement that says, when life gives you lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade, right? All right. So, but what does that mean? Romans 8.28 says, And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, you see, he is deeply concerned about us. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. 
Now, I've told you before that we are made for a God-sized dream. So are you looking for more purpose and listening for God's plan? Or are you trying to fulfill all of your plans and wondering what your purpose is? Remember, God-sized dreams aren't really about size at all. They're all about the desires that God has for each one of us that perfectly fit into our hearts. So think about that. They perfectly fit into our hearts. They are an essential part of who you're created to be and what you're called to do. On July 10th, during my time with the Lord, I heard the Holy Spirit ask me what the desires of my heart were. July 10th, just this year. He told me to write down all my heart's desires. Did you ever sit and do that? Write down all your heart's desires and see what God does with those desires. Well, one of those desires that I wrote down was that my mother would not linger and suffer, that the Lord would take her home quickly. And she wasn't even at the ill, to really be ill yet. She hadn't even been in the facility of the hospice. You see, we all have dreams. We all have things that, you know, we wanted to get accomplished. You know, one of my dreams was, at the age of 14, my dream was to go to Lancaster Bible School. I wanted to be a missionary in Japan. <laughs> now you say, why Japan, <laughs> right? I had a friend who was really close to me, and she had written to a lady, a girl that was in Japan. And you know how you have people that you write to. And so at that point, I was like, Ah, it sounds so neat. I mean, she would read the letters to me. And I thought, I want to go to Japan. Have I ever gotten to Japan? No. Do I even have the desire to go to Japan? No. <laughs> because God changed all the desires in my heart. That was just something that I thought about. And there are desires that we truly have. And there are things that we just kind of like, ah. Well, I'd like to do this. You know, I was asking my grandson, Michael, and I was asking him, you know, do you have anything that you would like to do, you know, when you graduate from high school? And it's okay if you don't now. But, you know, the big thing is, pray about it. Ask the Lord, what's his desire for you? Because he has a God-sized dream for you that's going to fit perfectly in your heart. Now, God's plan was a entirely different for me. He was going to enroll me in the College of Hard Knocks. That's not fun. But, you know, we grow in those times. And his plan was to take me onto a path that began with events of sunny days and would lead to the entanglement of debris and seaweed in a river of pain and sorrow. Dry desert that we're dry, aren't we? Sometimes we're so dry that we can't even feel the presence of the Lord. And then he took me on the rocky roads and huge mountains to climb, low valleys, and dense fog that you can't see ahead of you. It's so dense. You ever been in a dense fog? Driving? That's awful. You can't see anything in front. Well, a lot of times we can't see what God has in front of us. And so that would all 
God's love. This is where I learn to know that my God loves me and that he has a plan for me and he has a purpose for me, even in the midst of all the denseness, even in the midst of the low valleys. He is right here with me. And I can tell you, in the midst of my mother's passing, all the miracles that have taken place in the midst of that has been amazing. God is faithful. You know, Fred and I attended this church four years before God called us to pastor. And the first day we attended, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, I called you here to serve, not to be served. Well, I didn't understand that. What do you mean? The first day I'm here and you're telling me I called you here to serve but not be served. So I went to the pastor and I talked to him about the Bible study that I had written and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe that's what he wants me to do. So I started out that way. God wants us to think about serving, not always being served. You know, it's great to sit down at a meal and have somebody serve you, you know, and, and you go out to the restaurant and they're just waiting on you and being served. But there are times that God wants us to serve others. And that is what is important. When we serve others, we receive that joy. We receive that peace. You know, you can come in and you may be down and you may be like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm kind of like dry and, and, you know, I just don't have great feelings. I got up on the other side of the bed, you know, and I don't feel like being here. And there's my daughter yawning. So, you know, <laughs> be careful. I'll tell on you. <laughs> And then I also 
heard, and you've heard me say this before, I'm taking you on a wild ride. And as long as you look up, you'll be what? Encouraged. If you look down, you'll be discouraged. So when we start to look down, we do start to feel discouraged, right? When we look up, we get encouraged. So this week I kept thinking about Psalms 46 one. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Do you know that? God is our refuge and strength. We can run and hide to him. We don't have to stay and hide within ourselves. We can go to him no matter what happens in our life. And Gary's had some wounds over there. All different people have all different things that have happened, right? But we have that refuge and that strength because we can get it from him. We don't have to keep to ourselves and feel bad about what's happened or maybe we've made mistakes. Oh boy. How many of you made mistakes? I don't think there's anybody in here, right? <laughs> we've all made mistakes, right? But what do we do with mistakes? Do we keep on it over and over and over? I made a mistake. I forgot to put my mother's picture in the obituary. How about that? <laughs> you know, and I was banging myself and banging myself like, I forgot that. How can I forget my mother's picture? But I did. And they ended up putting a picture of Jesus welcoming this child into heaven. God is good. God is so good. In the Passion Translation, it says, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. Think of that. When you're down, when you're feeling upset, when you feel that you're not pretty enough, not handsome enough, not good enough, not smart enough, you can run to him because he hides us in that shadow of the Almighty. And it says, you're a proven help in time of trouble. Has he proved to you that he is a help in time of trouble? He proves to me all the time that he is a help in the time of trouble. He's more than enough and always available whenever you need him. You can call on him at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and you don't get an answering machine. <laughs> You know, you can say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. Help me. And he's right there. He's right there. It's talking about the strength of God. That is Jesus, who is God. In the refuge for souls. He is the refuge for souls to run into safety. And others may boast of their great armies and their weapons of war. But our strength and help, if we are Christians, our strength and our help is God, our Lord. There's no security in this world, and we're finding that out, aren't we? Anything that you are placing your security in is going to fall. That's simply the way it is. Because we can't place our security. Even our husbands, our spouses, our parents, we don't have that security because someday they're going to pass 
We can't hold on to our family. We can't hold on to our friends. And we want to, don't we? We want them to stay with us until we're ready to go. Until God says, okay, it's time for you to go too. We want to go together, right? But that doesn't happen normally. In verse 2 it says, So we will never fear if any, if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will never feel fear if and every structure of support were to crumble. Every support were to crumble. Just recently they had an earthquake in Alaska and we have some friends up there and I got in touch with her to find out if they were okay and they were, they were protected. We never know what's going to take place. You know, the earth and the mountains and it's, it's all a form of stability. But when it starts to crumble, what are we going to do? He has to be our stability. It has to be all about him. We cannot live in fear and worry and anxiety. Actually, it makes you sick. If you are constantly in fear and worry and anxiety, you feel sick, don't you? Our bodies are not meant to do that. We are meant to look to our Father who has everything under control. He is way ahead of us. We all remember the story of Peter, who was told by Jesus to get out of the boat and come to him. There are times when Jesus is saying to us, get out of the boat. Get out of your comfort zone. See, that was comfortable to Peter, well, of course. You know, he was on an ocean here. Was he going to walk on water? He saw Jesus walking on water. But then he finally decided, okay, it is Jesus. All right, I'm going to come to you. Think about walking on water. But what was he doing? He was focused on the Lord. And as long as he kept his focus on the Lord, he could walk on water. But if we don't keep our focus on the Lord, we're not going to be able to walk that walk that God wants us to walk. What is God calling you to do today? What does he have ahead for you? Are you looking at the wind of your circumstances? Or are you looking to God who knows all of your circumstances? He's already ahead of it. He was already ahead of everything in my life. I can look back, and the older you get, you can look back further, right? But I can look back, and I can see how he was always ahead of everything. And see, we can take those promises that are yes and amen and put an amen to it because he's always there. And if we think about, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here if this happens, or I don't know what I'm going to do there if that happens, well, we don't need to do that. All we have to say is, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to react to this. I don't know how I'm going to respond to this. But you know what? That's okay because God does. God knows. And so the Bible says that perfect love casts out the fear. And it was Jesus' perfect love that was coming towards Peter. And I want you to really experience that this morning. Just close your eyes. 
And imagine yourself as Peter. And you're seeing Jesus in front of you. Jesus is saying, come. Come. Come to me. Come to me. What are you going to do? Are you going to come to him? Are you going to look down at the circumstance that you might drown in those circumstances? Anyone here right now, anywhere, anywhere, has fear. I want you right now to see Jesus because he is your perfect love. He loves you with an everlasting love, and He promises never to leave us and never forsake us. We need to come to Him. Can you imagine if we all get together and put our eyes and our focus on Jesus? What would happen in this world? What would take place? Let's talk about the man who had a legion of demons. And it says in Matthew 8.29 this man was so filled and a legion is many, many, many demons. He was filled. He was running all around scaring so many people. He was out of his mind. He had nothing that was normal. So if you can imagine, he's running all around and he is so filled of all these demons. I can't even imagine that. And Jesus comes. See, Jesus came to him. That's what he does. He came to him. And he said one word. They screamed out, he and the demons, and it said, What business do we have in common with each other, son of God? Well, what do you think? You don't have anything in common with me. Have you come to torment us before the appointed time of judgment? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was grazing, and the demons began begging them. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. We all remember that story. There are a couple of reasons why the demons wanted to enter the pigs. First of all, did they want to stay in the area where they had been successful? They don't want to leave an area. When they're in an area, they want to stay there. So keep this in mind. Perhaps they were drawn to unclean animals because of their own filthiness. Demons are filthy. Whatever their reasoning, it is clear from the account that demons had little power of their own and were unable to do anything without Jesus' permission. Do you know that the enemy cannot attack you? without God allowing something to happen. Do you remember the story of Job? Where Satan 
told him he could do so many different things, but he could not what? Take his life. He could not take his life. And so, when we keep that in mind, all right, this has happened. Okay, Lord, you have a purpose in it. We don't understand this COVID. God did not bring it, but he is allowing it. And why is he allowing it? We don't know. I do believe one of the reasons is for the church to rise up and learn how to stop fighting each other and learn how to fight the enemy. And let's just really draw to him and focus on him. I began to meditate on these six words. Have you come to torment us? Have you come to torment us? What do demons do? They torment. But they're saying to Jesus, have you come to torment us? Torment the demons? I thought their job was to torment God's people. When we are tormented by demons, we experience agony, misery, torture, pain, distress, and affliction. So think about what they are experiencing with Jesus. What do they sound like? Sounds like agony, misery, and distress, doesn't it? They're upset. Have you come to torment us? So first of all, they recognize the deity of Jesus. They are limited in their knowledge. They know that they will be ultimately judged. And they cannot act without a higher authority. Demons have the ability to take possession of a physical body. And they counterfeit the power of God. So, when we keep that in mind, are we going to be afraid? Are we going to sit in fear and worry and anxiety because of what's going on? No, we trust the Lord. And you know what Jesus said to them? The Bible says that he said to them, go. That's all he said. You don't have to say a whole bunch of stuff. He said, go. And they immediately came out of the man and went into the pig. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and died in the water. What a testimony. This man had yet the people in the region were afraid of the power of Jesus. Sometimes people were afraid of the power of Jesus. So what if we torment the demons instead of allowing them to torment us? You think about that? Many of you have experienced illnesses, loss of loved ones, financial problems, betrayal of friends and loved ones. But what if God's plan is to take all these lemons in our life and make a beautiful picture of lemonade to give out to others? What if God is really ahead of our journey and has everything in place for us? And what if he has a plan to take our little mustard seed faith and give us a big God-sized faith in him? What if God is calling us to confuse the enemy instead of the enemy confusing us? What if 
they hit you with discouragement and you rise up with God's encouraging word. And what if every time the spirit of fear comes knocking at your door, you answer it with peace that passes all understanding? And what if Satan hits you with his best shot and you turn around and you hit him with God's best shot? You know what God's best shot is? His word. His word. And what if Satan says, you are losing your mind? I've heard people say that. I'm losing my mind. And you say, I have the mind of Christ. I'm not losing my mind. I've got the mind of Christ. And what if Satan hits you with intimidation? And you turn and say, I am the righteousness of Christ. See, this is how we counteract the poisonous darts that the enemy throws at us. And you say, I am a child of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me that strength. And what if Satan uses the weaknesses of others to dump a lot of dirt on you and you rise up over the mounds of the dirt? Remember the story of the donkey? Some of you have heard that. There's a donkey that fell in a farmer's well, and the farmer looked at the situation and he said, no way. There's no way that I can get this donkey out of the well. I'm just going to have to bury him in the well. I'll have to put him out of his misery, or he's going to suffer greatly. So the farmer begins to shovel the dirt, and shovel the dirt. And all of a sudden, the donkey shakes it off. And he gets up on the mound. And he keeps doing that over and over and over again. How much dirt has been placed on you? How much dirt has been thrown on you? That people have said about you, bullied you. Some kids maybe have been bullied in school. Shake it up. It's important to get rid of that, not to hold on to it. Because if you hold on to it, as you get older and older, what's going to happen is it's going to stay with you and you're going to have bitterness and you're going to have resentment and you're going to have anger towards those people. What if we choose to recognize the fruit of the Spirit? Peace, love, joy, meekness, kindness, gentleness faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. What if we choose to recognize that because it is inside of us? So when a situation comes up, we need to do that. That donkey kept shaking it off, shaking it off, shaking it off. And every time that dirt would come on, he'd take that step, and he'd take that step, and he'd climb higher and higher and higher until he finally was out of the well. You see, that's what we need to do. When we shake that dirt off, we climb higher and higher and higher with the Lord. And now we don't have that stuff inside of us because now we have come up over it. What's the Bible say? We are to be overcomers. And that's where the Lord wants us. So, 
Today, God is challenging all of us to rise up and to take a hold of this word. The question is, are you ready to turn the lemons that you have been given in life into a beautiful pitcher of lemonade to hand out to others? Maybe you have strayed away from God and can't find your way back, or maybe you have been wounded in the church and have made up your mind you aren't going anymore. Let me encourage you that when you take God's hand, he will help you. He has never left you or forsaken you. He has been with you all the time. And if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, please pray this prayer with me. Father, I confess that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died and was raised from the dead so I could live forever with you. I ask you to come into my heart and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I give you all my plans for my life, and I ask me, ask you to show me your plans. And I now make you the Lord of my life, in Jesus' name. And if you have prayed that prayer with me this morning, congratulations. You have joined the family of God, and I know the angels are up there rejoicing. I would love to hear from you, so please message me on Facebook. And just want to close with this. Thank you, Father, that you are a rear guard to protect us, that the angel of the Lord is encamped around us, that you have pitched a tent and you're resting with us. Thank you, Lord, that you've already walked ahead of our journey. And most of all, you are within us. So I speak favor and blessings over each one of you. If these messages are touching your heart and you'd like to send us a love offering, you can mail it to 76 Shawnee Drive, Belleville, Pennsylvania, zip 17004. Thank you, and God bless you, God loves you, and so do we.